Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in collaboration with Ascension, where we provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey uh, with Jesus Christ as we are. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am delighted, as usual, to be joined by my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful co-host in this season four, uh, episode two, season four, Heather Kim and Michelle. And Michelle got all bent out of shape last week on her birthday because I interviewed <laughs> Michelle or Heather first. So Michelle, how are you doing, Florida girl? Here we go. You're so lovely. Like, you're just the loveliest sister I used to think you were like Maria from Sound of Music, but no. Whoa. She's feisty. She's feisty. She is feisty. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. um, You know. But I am good. I have a venti coconut milk latte going on in my hand right right now. And so the birds are chirping, the sky is blue, and coffee's in my hand. So life is good. How are you, my lovely sister, Miriam? Doing well, doing well here. Yes, uh, another season, and I love looking forward to fall. I think we talked about that last time, so I'm looking forward to, I don't know, God help us all, sometime in South Texas, maybe some cooler weather, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm just delighted to be on the journey with y'all again, and I've missed you very much, and so it's been it's been fun to start recording again. So Heather, how's it going, girl? It's going great. Yeah, I love the fall. It's my favorite mm-hmm. season, I, where you can too. just wear jeans and hoodies, and it's crisp outside, but sunny. I love it. I'm super, mm-hmm. super excited. <laughs> well, it's interesting that we're talking about that because we're talking about this this episode. We're going to talk about the power of connection and how all of us desire connection. We all yearn for connection, and we all ache for it, but a lot of times we don't know how, how do you get connected. So I think all of us are, are fans of Brene Brown. I know she's come onto the scene in the last several years with her TED Talk about vulnerability and just kind of all the work she does about shame and just about telling your story. And just the quote that we're going to use, and we'll, we'll pull a quote every week uh, that will kind of guide our podcast based on the quote is a quote from Brene Brown in her book, Daring Greatly, where she says this, she says, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. And there's so much in that one statement that, you know, I think a lot of us are afraid. I think everybody is afraid of being vulnerable at times. And it's, we find it, I think she says elsewhere in a different book that we find vulnerability, authentic vulnerability. We find it so captivating in other people. And it really, when somebody's vulnerable, our hearts go out to them. But when we see it within ourselves, we first of all, try to hide it and we see it as weakness. So Heather, I don't know, just kind of in your journey with vulnerability and just the power of connection and your desire to connect with others, kind of how do you see that quote or just kind of how do you, how do you look at vulnerability and, and also in relation to connection and the power of connection? Yeah, vulnerability, it's, it's can be really hard because everybody throughout our stories, although they're very different, we've all been hurt in that place. You know, it's, we've tried to be vulnerable and we've been rejected. We haven't been received well. We haven't been seen for who we really are. There's misunderstandings. And so we tend to wall up and hide, but at the same time, our hearts were made for connection. You know, God is a family. He is a Trinity and we were made in his image. And so we were made for relationship and connection. And I do think that today we we are really in a crisis of connection, you know, whether it be because of iPhones and computers and texting and all of these social media things, um, which most of us have heard by now, you know, are really false means of connection. Um, but also I think we, we live further apart, you know, we're, we're not living in these tight knit communities the way that maybe our grandparents used to, or 
or in the olden days or something. Um, so we really have to fight for it, actually. It's something that we have to be intentional about, both in making time, but also our interior disposition and our willingness and having the courage to be vulnerable with one another and for those that God has entrusted to us. Michelle, what are your first thoughts on that quote? Yeah, I guess right now I am in the thick of it. Um, so for full, like a kind of like disclosure, our family is about to step into family counseling for like, it's called trust-based counseling, mm. like a trust-based initiative. And it, the whole form is it to help form healthy connection and attachments because, you know, two of our children are adopted from hard places. And so in their formative years, when they were supposed to be attaching and connecting, from no fault of their own, of course, just part of their story, they didn't make healthy attachments or connection. And it's so interesting going through this process with them to see um, all the ways that I don't connect well, or I haven't learned healthy attachment or healthy connection or where, and it goes back down to really like emotional health and our humanity and really good human formation. But I am like been so convicted, especially in the last six months of just the areas where I am distracted. And I mean, I'm always a distracted personality to begin with. Like I'm a total ADD child. You know, my mind never shuts off. I'm going a mile a minute. And part of it is just how I am wired. But to really make myself to slow down and be present to the people that are in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I've had to make some decisions and some people haven't liked my decisions. Like I have not done a great job with keeping up with a lot of people outside of my um, community that's right in front of me. And so like I've, you know, and I wish I could do better jobs, but for the summer, I really tried. I mean, it's easy to keep um, in touch with the two of you because we have a text message thread that goes, but even to get us to talk on a phone conversation takes like a lot of planning, mm -hmm. you know, and for me, just to really be present to the people in front of me means I have to say no to other things, no to other distraction and no. And I mean, I'm failing as much as I'm succeeding in this right now. It is so easy to pick up my phone and just scroll, mm -hmm. you know, or mm -hmm. to not be present or, but I caught myself the other day when my kids was talking to me and I was on my phone, I was responding to a text and I was thinking about something else and my other, uh, one of my other kids was saying to the kid that was trying to talk to me, like, oh, she's not even present right now. Don't even bother talking to her. <gasps> oh, well, gosh. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. They are so right. Mm -hmm. You know? And, I mean, it is one area I need to totally work on. And I'm trying to, like, you know, you guys know, like, I won't respond to a lot of texts on Sundays. Like, screen-free mm -hmm. Sundays is what we are saying in our house. But I'm trying to learn to teach. And it goes back to like John Paul II says, we're all in a school of love. We're all learning how to connect and connect humanly and connect, um, importantly, like where we connect to each other at the heart of the story, where we ask questions from one another in person and we stop to listen to people's answers. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of power in that, but it's also an art form, you know, like to really learn to one, to make time because we're all so quote unquote busy, but, um, I've been really asking, are the things that I'm busy about what I need to be busy with, you know, mm -hmm. are they just, just keeping a full schedule, mm -hmm. you know? So it's been a lot of soul searching with this to how to make healthy connections. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What about you, sister? Well, I love Michelle. What you're doing is you're modeling vulnerability for all of us right now <laughs> because you're telling a part of your story. That's a tender part of the story, right? When your kids are pretty much calling you out and that's very courageous, right? Because don't we don't we all do that at times? And I, I agree. It's, uh, 
just to be present, I, I, I've been very convicted of that myself, of being present. Uh, Father Mark Toops, a, a dear friend of mine who does a lot of spiritual direction, something that he'll often say to people is his, you know, it's a principle of being present to the present moment. And it sounds like a catchphrase right now, and maybe it is, but I really took that to heart. And our founder, our the founder of our religious community would say, do what you do while, you, while you're doing it. Like, do the, what, just do the one thing and just do it well. And it is very easy to get distracted. And just learning to uh, lean into people's hearts and, you know, that how can I be a gift? Like, how can I be a gift today? How can I bless people today? How can I open my heart and be able to be vulnerable, to share the parts of my story, to share the parts of my heart that are tender, that that's appropriate to share. And also to make a connection because it's really true. There's that, that axiom of what is most personal is also most universal. And everybody wants to be beheld. Most people don't want our unsolicited advice. Shocking. They, they want to be listened to and they want to be heard and they want to be reminded of who they are. And I think that's definitely something that God has been speaking to me over and over and over again is that, you know, this is not about you <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, lean into other people and hear their hearts and, and bless them. And so that's something that, yeah. And, and we want that. And it does, it creates connection Whether you're on, the, you're on the airplane sitting next to somebody or at the grocery store, just that simple connection of looking somebody in the eye and saying, hi, how are you doing today? Or how's it going? Or wow, this, this is a busy line. I'm sure you're probably tired. Stuff like that, where you go out of your way beyond yourself. It's interesting that the power that it connects us to one another and that we see that we're all human, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's what people are aching for. You know, Mm -hmm. I, just as you said, sister, just acknowledging somebody in the airport or whatever, like I remember being at Disneyland and I was in the Starbucks lineup, which good Lord, I think that was longer than any lineup for any rides (laughs) was just to get a coffee at the Starbucks. And when I got to the front, the girl's like, hi, uh, can I take your order? And I said, I said, sure. I said, how are you? How's your day? And she just stopped and looked at me and she Mm. told me, she's like, I'm not doing great. Actually, I've just really had a hard day. And then she goes, thanks for asking. Like nobody ever asked me that question, you know? And I thought, what a shame. And because she's a person, you know, like, and often we forget that we're just so busy and about our way and about like, okay, I got to get this done or I got to get this coffee and get on the, get on the road. Um, that we forget there are people right in front of us, people who are made in the image and likeness of God who have dignity and who are sacred and we dismiss them, you know, so readily. And I do this you know, all the time. And I've, I've been very challenged by that, by the Lord, very convicted by it, that I need to pause and take time that it's not as important, you know, to do some of my other tasks as it is to just be present to somebody who might show up on, on my door or call my house or whatever it might be, the person who's right in front of me. And you're right, Michelle, it is an art form. It's learning to not put yourself first. And if there's one thing that I've that I've learned over the years is the power of story, that mm-hmm. our stories matter. And as I've delved into deeper healing in my own heart and in my own life and realized the power of my own story and how the things that have happened to me, good and bad, have shaped who I am, I also have to realize that other people's stories are important as well. And I started to wonder, you know, there's some people that I've known my whole life and I don't actually know their full story. I know them so well. I spend so much time with them, but I've never really heard their whole story and how certain things that I might know about have impacted them. And so it's something that I've taken note of and really tried to, not in a weird way, you don't want to be weird about it, <laughs> but just like, <laughs> so tell me everything, you know? Like, about all your it. issues, awkward. <laughs> <clears throat> but to be more intentional in conversation that I'm not just going to talk about, you know, pillows or a new, th- new pair of shoes or whatever, although that's important too. Um, 
but that I'm going to get to the heart at some point. I want to hear the person's heart, not just share about my own things. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, and we had talked about that. I think one of the other seasons about friendship and how we had both, we had all been listening to a podcast on friendship and the, the guest on the podcast was saying, you know, as children, your friends were the people you went to school with. You know, you saw them at school every day, you played on the playground, you had lunch together. And then she was saying, as you grow up, that many times we think friendship should be that easy. And so when it's not that easy, we kind of give up. But as adults, you have to work harder at friendship because we're not going to school together, you know, unless you work with somebody, but we're not going to school together. Everybody has their own lives. And so it really, it really does. You have to go out of your way to really make the gift of yourself. And that gift of vulnerability, that gift of like, oh, I'd really like to see you, you know, could we spend some time together? The gift of maybe of taking a risk of, of telling part of your story, if that person can bear to bear the story. And it's, it really does, it opens up, um, huge, huge avenues for the connection that we all made and long for. I mean, we're made by God who God is a family we're, that's why we ache for communion. It's not because we're weird. We ache for communion because it's a call from God himself. It's a call to heaven. Mm-hmm. It's a call to live as authentic human beings. I mean, authentic humanity, authentic Christianity is not lived in isolation. It's not lived in self-reliance. It's not lived in self-protection. And you see that in the power of Jesus Christ. He's always touching people. He's always going into their lives. You know, he comes and he gives the gift of himself. He entrusts himself to us. And so really the power of connection is entrusting yourself and, you know, in whatever ways is appropriate to another person, which creates a connection. Mm-hmm. And we're wired for that. It was really interesting. I just got back a couple of, a little while ago from a creative conference in, out in LA. And when I was there, it was amazing. And this uh, creative conference is part of an online group. A lot of us are members. And it's called the Yellow Conference. But a lot of us are members of this online private Facebook group. But it was amazing being there in person and meeting these people in person and hearing their stories in person. And I love the founder, Joanna, was saying, she's like, okay, online communities are great and they serve a purpose. Like our Abiding Together community is mm-hmm. great and it serves a purpose, but it does not replace the most important connection. And that is interpersonal in-person connection. Mm-hmm. And I love what Joanne says. She's like, that's where the magic happens. Amen. That's where transformation happens. It happens around dinner tables. It happens on front porches. It happens on one-on-one conversations. And we're losing that. Mm-hmm. You know, we are losing all of that because I do think online communities have a place in a forum, but they are no substitute for in-person events, mm-hmm. in-person conversations, mm-hmm. in-person things. And I think it is just really, really important. And I think where the state of the church is, like that we have to be building these organic communities around our dinner tables Mm -hmm. and at coffee shops and having coffee. And I love what John Paul II says, a community needs a soul if it is to become a true home for human beings. Mm -hmm. You, the people, must give it this soul. Mm. And man. Get some soul, girl. Soul. We need some soul. We need some serious soul (laughs) sisters. And so it was really interesting this summer. My husband and I had a chance to go to North Carolina and visit good friends of sisters and I's, Janine and Liz. Um, They're wonderful. And they do the video Speaking to Sparrows, and they're also doing a men's video to go along with Speaking to Sparrows right now. But I loved watching how they lived. One, they live across the street from each other, and they're so cute. They're so great. But um, Janine has a little, like, wooden plaque thing on her uh, fireplace mantle that says, Live Interrupted. Mm. And I, I love, loved I that. Love that too. Wow. I I love that. And she said that they really are trying to model that that live interrupted, you know, and what does that look like? And it was really interesting even being there for 3 days watching them model that. Like people came in and out, teens stopped them, you know, different situations were happening in their house in their neighborhood and places where we went like at their church. 
and they made time and they stopped. Oh, they're so great to live interrupted. Yep. And they are. They're just both Wonderful really women. great relationally. Mm-hmm. And I even loved how they lived interrupted with their parenting. Just watching that, you know, and I loved it because it wasn't perfect. Like there was eye rolls with them be like, okay, this <laughs> child's doing what? You know, like it wasn't perfect, you know, mm-hmm. which I love, but it was human, which in my mind is better than perfect. It's good. Mm-hmm. Like it was really, really good. And it was funny. I was thinking about all that. And then a good friend of mine sent me a quote from C.S. Lewis and it says, the great thing, if one can, it is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruption of one's own, quote, real life. Oh. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life. The oh. life God is sending one awesome. day by day. Awesome. And we can just stop the podcast right here. Okay, yep. there we go. It's yeah. the mic drop. <laughs> Seriously. So I think we need a little soul from John Paul II, and we need a little life interrupted from C.S. Lewis to live, you know? And that is what I think the Holy Spirit is calling, not just us, but I think he's calling the church to right now is that mm-hmm. art of connection to put down our phones. We're totally fine to be interrupted by a text message, mm-hmm. but then we see a person as a burden, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. preaching to myself here, you know, like I'm fine if someone texts me, don't show up at my door. I got things to do, yeah. you know? So <laughs> it's yeah. like the typical response when you see someone, you're like, how are you? Good, busy, but good, you know, but it's like, no, I'm actually falling apart inside, but I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Or the second that somebody does begin to reveal more, you get the sense from the other person that they're like, uh, I didn't actually want to know how you were doing. I have some things to take care of and do. So yeah, yeah, I think like that art of presence is something that we, we have to grow. We have to build it like a muscle, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to, it's a discipline of sorts. Um, but I also think that we complicate connection. You know, we complicate opportunities for connection. Like you were saying, Michelle, we, we need to be able to let some of our flaws be seen. So sometimes, you know, in the past I would think, oh my gosh, I can't have so-and-so over because my house is a disaster, you know, and I've realized this is real life. Like people's houses are a disaster sometimes. And that's a way that I can be vulnerable. Not that I don't want to create a beautiful space for people, but it's also real, you know, and what's more important, me having a clean house for them to come into or just having them come, you know, as they are and they, them being able to accept me as I am. But I think often we get caught up. It's like, no, it has to look like a, you know, straight out of Pinterest or something. And that's just not true. I mean, I'm, I, this, this fall, I'm beginning to think about opportunities of like, how can I just have like a, you know, Friday cards at my house, you know, everybody bring a drink and a bag of chips or something like it doesn't have to be about this big production. It's about Mm -hmm. connection and people. And Mm -hmm. so I think these are good questions for us to begin to ask, like, how can I gather, you know, small groups, small people, Michelle, you're wonderful at gathering people. Yeah. Um, But to just create opportunities for connection, sister, I would love to hear from you like a little bit about how you do that within, you know, your life in a community and mm-hmm. in a religious order. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's twofold. I, as I'm listening to you, uh, both of you, I think also of just uh, the power of connection in community with others. But I think the power, the most important relationship really is the power of connection of, with God within. Mm. And we can just be just as distracted in our relationship with God um, as we can with other people. Where he is within us, as, as St. Augustine says, you know, God is more intimate to me than I am to myself. He is, he is fully present <laughs> to, to the present moment at every moment. And how attuned am I to that? And I think that that's something incredibly important because I can be horrendously distracted in my relationship with God. And I was just um, 
just you came out of a season of just some real difficult steps the last like 10 months or so and really forced in a sense to turn my gaze toward the Lord when I had nowhere else to go, which was so good for me, but also to be very vulnerable with the Lord and to finally admit to some things that I did not want to admit to. Hmm. And it was very, I was afraid. And it's kind of funny to say that to admit it to the Lord, because we know he knows everything. But there was something about the personal admission of me going before Jesus, my spouse, my husband and saying, here's the truth of the situation. And I don't hmm. like how I feel about her. I don't like this, but I'm just going to finally just admit this to you. And it, just to be incredibly vulnerable in that and just having Christ, oh my gosh, having Jesus Christ himself minister to me there. And to reveal himself to me there and to connect with me there was, I can honestly say, the last 10 months have been some of the most profound, life-changing months of my entire life. That's and beautiful. so I've been very, you know, even as a nun, I mean, it's very easy to get distracted. Our, our day is built around prayer, you know, so that's, a, I mean, in, my, in a sense, my life is easier than some people's because it's built into my day, my schedule. Like I, you know, and I live with people that are about seeking the face of God. And so we're on a mission together. And, you know, just like any other family or any other community, you know, it's, you don't always naturally, in a sense, maybe get along or like one another. So you're learning, you're learning how to cultivate an art of love, of loving one another as Christ loves them and seeking their good and seeking their heart. And we miss each other a lot, like in a sense of like, oh gosh, I was just one, one of my friends. I'm like, oh, I didn't do that very well. I was trying to do something, you know, I was trying to minister to her heart. I didn't do it very well. And I had to go back to her and say, you know, I'm really sorry. I just, I was trying and I just totally missed that opportunity. And I just want you to know that I love you mm. and I'm here for you. So please know that, that I made a mistake in that regard, but I just love you. And I want to, I always want to do that. So I think it's that reality of, of like Michelle was saying as well, that it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's that continual trying of us seeking for others' hearts and allowing Christ to seek our heart and seek to, to seek his heart as well. Because what I find is when I'm connected with Christ, my other relationships flow so much better because then, the, then they're in proper order. Otherwise, what happens when I'm out of balance with him is I'm grasping at other relationships or people to fill something that they can't fill. So mm -hmm. to allow Christ to have that prior place, that connection place first, allows other relationships to go as they should, and beautiful fruit is born from that. Mm -hmm. Wow. So many beautiful things you just said there. And I love what you said about like being able to, like how you went to that sister to repair, mm -hmm. because that's vulnerability too, to say I was wrong. You know, this is a part of my weakness I'm exposing to you. But the fruit of that is that then that sister too feels freedom to have weakness, you know, yeah, like when we yeah. admit our weaknesses to one another, it gives freedom to other people to have weakness before us as well. And mm -hmm. that's when it gets real is that when we allow ourselves to be seen for who we really are and that we allow ourselves to be loved there and vice versa, that we will love people there in their weakness and that we don't put expectations on them to be perfect and have it all together either. And that's when real connection happens. Mm-hmm. Well, it does. And that's what we really want anyway. I think all of us can be loved in the beautiful parts of us, but all of us really ache to be loved in the parts that are that are dark and sorrowful, don't we? <laughs> mm, of yeah. course. And I think we have to say like even like Brene Brown's quote or any of these quotes, 
it's the school of love. We're figuring it out. We yes. don't, any of us don't have these. I know for me, like I did not pick up a lot of these tools mm-hmm. in my family beforehand. So I'm having to learn to pick up all these tools. Now I'm having to learn how to figure out what is healthy boundaries. What is good emotional health? What is good styles of communication? And like, I know when I first got married, I thought if you had a fight, that's bad. Mm. Like if you, you know, if you fight, then that means someone's going to leave. Cause that was what the lie I told myself. Oh, so like yeah. to keep the peace at any costs, you know, or because, or I was always in the house I was growing up with, it was more like walking on eggshells because a certain person's temper would erupt. So yep. I didn't want to do that. Yep. So I'm keeping the peace. Did I rent were like, okay, um, healthy conflict, conflict is good mm-hmm. if it's healthy, mm-hmm. like it teaches you something, you grow from it where like, I've only really learned in the last two years that healthy conflict is what helps us grow and what transforms us. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to fight fair, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. um, And like my husband will say, Michelle, it's okay to, you know, to fight or disagree or whatever. We are getting our opinions across. Like if you play by fair rules, you know, like if you learn, say, okay, this hurt me. You don't blame, Mm -hmm. you don't shame someone else. You say, this is how I felt. Okay. And then for me, it's been a big deal to learn how to take responsibility for my own actions, which you would not think like it being turning into my forties that (laughs) that'd be such a thing, but it totally is like, okay, I need to take responsibility for that. Like that, yeah, that's on me. Like, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And to say, okay. And like, especially as I'm starting to lead a lot more people be like, okay, something goes wrong. The buck stops with me Mm -hmm. because I'm leading these people. And, um, or like even mothering to apologize. I apologize a lot more than I ever have in my whole entire life because I'm realizing Mm -hmm. I make mistakes a lot more, but that mistakes don't mean I'm bad. Mistakes mean I'm growing as a person, Amen. if I can learn from them, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't define who I am. And, but I'm realizing in that, especially we have a lot of young adults around us that they are going to learn by doing and not telling them this. They're going to learn by being part of a family. They're going to learn to sit down by family dinner. They're going to learn when they have conflict and we're here or when they mess up, we still love them and they don't have to hide. Mm-hmm. I learned that with my kids when they do something that they mess up, that they don't have to hide in shame, but they can be like, okay, that's okay. Did you learn from it? Mm-hmm. You know, how can we grow from this? And we really learn connection by doing connection. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And inviting other people into our stories so our stories can intertwine, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how it happens. Oh, that's so great. I was just listening to a podcast last night with I was ironing. That's what happens, y'all, in the convent. I listen to podcasts and iron my habit. <laughs> Real world. There you go. And I was the podcast uh, uh, guest was saying that very thing, and he's very famous in his own right in the secular world and what he does. And he said, I know a lot of famous people, but he said, nobody has it all together. He mm-hmm. said, all of us are in, it was great to hear him say this. He's like, all of us are on the journey of learning what it means to be human and learning what it means to give the gift of ourselves. It was outstanding. And I'm like, amen, brother. Like we all have that, we think we look at our sister, we look at our neighbor and we say, man, they've got it all together. Look at their marriage, look at their Instagram feed. And the truth is nobody has it all together. Everybody feels insecure at times. Everybody feels lonely at times and everybody wants to be powerfully connected. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're all, we're all the same in that regard. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, amen. Well, yeah. yeah. Speaking of connection, y'all, it's time for our one thing. Okay. So, um, since Michelle broke the rules again last week of having two one things, Heather, I'm going to give you first opportunity to present your one thing. If you want to do two, you can do two because she did. So, I only have one, but it's a good (laughs) one. It's a good one, one thing. It's a good one, one thing. Um, So, it is the fall. And so, Mm. I have this amazing 
autumn cheesecake recipe. Oh, shut don't, up. Seriously? Don't be afraid because sometimes cheesecake can be daunting. This is the easiest thing. It's so good. It's going to take some time to chill in your in your fridge. So you got to start it earlier in the day, but it is so good. You will blow away all your company who comes over to eat it. Mm. You're going to give everybody like the exact details of how to do that. Like, could yeah. even I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Even you could do that. Yeah. I'm going to put it on the, think, on the I website. I could do it. So, yeah. <laughs> Michelle might not be able to do it, but yeah, I would okay, gladly I make it. it for you, Michelle. So good. I, I think that, I think that would be the better route. You just make it to me. She sends us like what she's making for dinner. Like when she make barley soup mm, yesterday, she's like, y'all want to come over? I'm like, yeah, I'm in South Texas. Of course I want to come over to the Pacific Northwest and have soup with you. Oh, it was Dang. chilly outside. It was a little bit drizzly. Ah. It was just so perfect. Yeah, I hate so you perfect. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love hate you. <laughs> yeah, so you can, um, I'm going to put the recipe on the show notes on the website at Ascension Press, Abiding Together, whatever it is, sister will tell you at the end of the show. Yes, Michelle, I'm going to give you another chance, girl. What's up? What's your one thing? My one thing is, um, actually, I was with Sister Miriam when I rediscovered this amazing woman this summer, is I've been reading a lot of books by Blessed Conchita. Ooh, yes, you have. And mm. I, we were with the amazing Archbishop, I'm totally going to mess up his name, Sister, what was his name this summer? Of San Antonio. Yes. Archbishop San Antonio. <laughs> his name is not San Antonio. We love you, Archbishop. <laughs> We, the amazing Archbishop yes. of San Antonio, we were with him and actually she actually founded his order that he was a part of. And she's an amazing Mexican woman, mother of nine kids and founded all these different religious orders. And I am like most things gobbling up her writing, like life changing writing. Mm. It is just so good. Um, so, so good for me. But I'm reading her like Eucharistic Adoration um, book meditations for Eucharistic adoration. I'll post that link. And, um, I love her mother of nine founded religious orders and holy. And I love when they talked about, and some of her kids were priests. I love when they asked her, did you know your mother was a spiritual? And like, no, we just knew that she was our mother. And I love that. Like we knew that she was holy, but she was just amazing. And so, and she's a little spicy too, because Mexican. So I really love her. Mm -hmm. So Heather, (laughs) what is your one thing, my dear? I already gave my one thing, Michelle. Thanks for paying attention. Um, speaking of connection, you this also need to pay attention connection. to who's talking. <laughs> Let us be distracted. I'm so sorry. Your She's like, I was, so... I was texting other people when you were talking. <laughs> I was not. That's why she turned her video feed off right there. Like, cause we couldn't see so her texting see. everybody while she's actually talking to us. Oh my exactly. gosh. Amen. I love it. Sister, this what's your not one the power thing? of connection? I knew one of us hasn't gone. That's why. <laughs> oh well oh gosh i love it that that's so classic welcome to our lives y'all this is our podcast um well, for welcome me, to I, our friendship in a yeah, nutshell welcome to our friendship which is amazing uh thank you for joining us on this episode of power uh, the power of connection we hope that it kind of inspired maybe some ideas in your own heart of being connected obviously with the lord but also with your sisters and your brothers and community and and whatever however god's leading you on that we're made for connection if you want to reach out to us you can contact us at abiding together uh at ascensionpress.com you can find all the links to our one things our show notes our um, journaling questions our reflection questions um, at ascensionpress.com and find us there and you can um, find all sorts of beautiful things uh, on both the ascension press website and media.ascensionpress.com so thank you for joining us on the journey of abiding together until next week we will see you then god bless you 